But I want to share with you this morning a few things about God and, and his father heart. And I guess something a little bit funny, or you might find funny, is as I was kind of just getting ready this morning and just going, God, I, I just want you to, uh, my words to be your words this morning. My phone binged and it was my, um, it was my daily scripture message came up from the message version. And it was Psalms 25, verse 9, and it says, He gives the rejects his hand. He leads them step by step. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I kid you not, that is exactly what happened. All right, let's get a little bit more spiritual, sorry. All right, so would you like to come with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verse 15? If you do not have a Bible, do not worry, we have a sky Bible here. Um, So... Romans 8.15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we just come here this morning and we honour you. We honour you first and foremost this morning that you are our Heavenly Father. And this morning, God, we just want to give you all the glory, all the honour and all the praise. And I pray this morning as, as we come into your word, God, that our hearts would be open and ready to hear your word. That, uh, that something would change in our lives this morning, that we would not leave the same that we came in this morning, God. Yeah. That something would take place in our hearts right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. So when I was a kid, we, we spent a lot of time with, with our dad. Um, he worked a lot of jobs, small jobs and things like that, just to, I guess, kind of put food on the table. He worked really, really hard um, basically, Monday through to Saturday, he, he worked. Uh, and on Sunday, he was the, the pastor at our, our church where we went to. But on those Saturdays and school holidays, he would take us out um, to those jobs that he was doing. So some of it was kind of labouring stuff and, and all that, and he would, he would take us along. Now, I don't think he actually took us along for us to do the work with him. I think it was more just to get us out of the house to give mum a bit of a break. If you haven't read between the lines yet, my brother and I were a little bit of a handful, uh, like a lot. Uh, And I really feel sorry for my parents to this day. But while we were helping dad one day, at one of the sites, there was a big pine tree. And me and my brother thought, let's build a tree house. We're bored out of our brains. So we had one piece of four by two, and it was about, it was probably only about two feet long. And we thought, with this one piece of wood, we're going to build a tree house. (laughs) We had great imaginations. Anyway, For once, we were kind of working together, and that's how it worked with me and my brother. When we had a common goal, we managed to not fight for 10 minutes, so Dad was happy for us to just go and and do our thing. So I climbed up the tree, and it was one of those pine trees with the 
really big bark so you can get your fingers in and you can climb up. And I got a few metres high. And I'm sitting in, in one of the forks of the, the branches and I said to my brother, throw up that piece of wood. And to his credit, he did. And it went up and it kept going up straight past me. Now, as I looked down to hurl abuse at him because I'm his brother and that's what I'm supposed to do, the wood came down and it hit me right on the top of the head, right on the corner piece of the wood. It didn't really hurt that much because it wasn't from an amazingly high uh, distance, but it still hit me like right on the top of the head. Anyway, so I'm looking down at my brother and he starts to get this funny look on his face. And he starts, I can see he's starting to panic and then I can feel it. I can feel this warm trickle coming down my head and I'm starting to bleed. And Jason is there and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, Dad! Dad! Dad is, is miles away down the other end of the paddock, but he heard Jason screaming and he ran up, came, got me out of the tree, out of his pocket pulls his presumably used hanky and begins to stem the bleeding. And this morning, we are here to celebrate dads, but we're here to also celebrate men, men in the house. But I also want to take some time to celebrate and acknowledge our Heavenly Father. Dads are great. You may not have had a great experience with your dad, but um, you know, I was very blessed to have a, a great dad who, who worked incredibly hard. And for me, he was, he was definitely the one who showed me what it was to be committed, committed to the house, committed to, to God. And, and that's where I get that from, is, is I get that from him. Because Sunday after Sunday for 25 years, he was the senior pastor at that church. And they missed two Sundays in that whole time. And one of those was to come up for my wedding. And it showed, he, he just showed me in his actions, his commitment yeah. to the house. And, and I really got that from him. But Jesus, I believe, came to reveal one particular name about God. And that was Abba, Father. Abba, Father. It's funny that in the Bible, it's one of the only Aramaic words that's not translated. It's still an, it's, it's an Aramaic word. So when they've translated the Bible, they've left the word Abba in there. It's Aramaic. So they've left that word. And, and what that translates to, for anyone who doesn't know this morning, is Abba is like a close relationship between like a father and their, and their children. So if we could translate that to anything today, it would be daddy or dad. That's what Abba means. So Abba Father is Dad God or Daddy God this morning. You know, the Bible had many names for God. In chapter 1 in Genesis, it was Elohim. And Elohim was the creator God. Elohim said, let there be light. Elohim, Elohim said, let there be. And then in chapter 2, you have man, Adam and Eve come on the scene. And it becomes Yahweh, Elohim, which is Lord God. So Lord God, because he was the covenant-keeping God. Yahweh, Elohim. Then later on, God reveals himself to Abraham. 
And to Abraham in Hebrew, he is El Shaddai, which is Lord God Almighty. And through the Bible, the revelation of God continues with the names of like Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is here. But the greatest name that encompasses all the names of God, all of his goodness, all of his greatness is Abba, Abba, Father. That's the name that brings it all together because it's the name that brings relationship. There's the greatness of God and there's the amazing things that he does, but then there's the relationship. And that's why the word Abba, Father, is just the greatest name for God that we can have. You know, Jesus used the word Abba, Father, once in the Bible. And it was in Gethsemane. He was praying and it was just before he was going to be crucified. And he begins to sweat blood. He's under that much pressure and that much stress. And he says, Dad, if you can take this cup from me. That's the relationship that we're talking about this morning. Jesus and his father. You know, Jesus talks about the goodness of his father in, in Luke. And I want to read some of these this morning. It's Luke 11, verse 11, and it says, Sky Bible. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? God is good. God is good. In Luke 12, 27, he talks about God's goodness again. It says, Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Do not set your heart on what you eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. God is good. But I want to read through those again, and I want to pick a couple of things out. If we go back to Luke 11, verse 11, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, gives him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Your Father in heaven. This is Jesus talking. He's saying, your Father in heaven. He's not saying, my Father in heaven. He's saying, your Father in heaven. 
Luke 12, 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which are here today and tomorrow that's thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you will need them. But seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father, your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You know, in Jesus, when he was in his earlier days of his ministry, he would talk about God as as my father. He says, I do what my father wills. But then we read here in Luke, and he's he's beginning to develop that understanding for the disciples that God is actually their father too. That the God of heaven and earth... The creator is not just this amazing God, but he's also their father, their Abba father. And he's starting to to build that understanding of the disciples because, let's face it, their minds were blown pretty easily. You know, this week I was was on my way to work and I was just thinking, God is good. I'd been out for a, a run that morning. I went in to see Isaac before I went to work. I got some little smiles and giggles and stuff. And I went to my local coffee shop and they nailed it. Like it was a good coffee. And I'm on my way to work just driving and I'm going, God is good. God is good. I was happy. I was, yes, God is good. Because things were going well. But how many times when things aren't going great... When life starts to get tough, we can quickly forget how good God is. Do you, there's kind of a mindset that I want to talk to this morning. And Do you ever think that there's a difference between Jesus and God? So we talk about how Jesus is the, the interceder between Jesus and God. And I think sometimes we can come to an understanding that God is there ready to, to punish us, but Jesus is the one saying, no, 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 don't, it's okay. That's not really the case. It's not really the case because God is the one who loves us just as much. You know, when we were back in church, back home, we used to sing a song and um, it was a really old song and it said, praise to the Father of lights, in him there's day, there is no night, Every good gift comes from above, a certain sign of the Father's love. Does anyone remember that really old song? Yeah? It's horrible. (laughs) I don't like it. But I'll tell you why I don't like it. It's because if you're expecting things to come from above and they're the good things, then that's dependent on God's love for you. you. If you think every good gift comes from above, it's a certain sign of God's love. To a certain sign. Good things are happening at a certain sign. Tell that to Job. How did Job feel in those times when things were rough? He didn't have any good things coming, but he knew that God loved him. Through all of that, he knew that God loved him. And it's not about 
the certain signs. There's a better song that I think we need to remember, and it's a lot more simpler. It's a kid's song. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. For the Bible tells me so. You know, if, if you want, you can just replace Jesus with God to help that understanding. He is God. He is Jesus. He is the Holy Spirit. He is a triunion being. So if you want to replace the words and go, Heavenly Father loves me, this I know. Or God loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Do, do that. Go right ahead. And I want to show you where it says that. That scripture that basically encompasses that song is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved you and me and every single person on this earth that he gave his only son. Now, I want to be respectful of you this morning, but if anyone told me to give up Isaac for any one of you, I would say no. I'm real sorry, but I love that kid. Um, but imagine being God, giving up your son for the world, giving up your son so that those people might, might have relationship with you. You know, our feelings can really deceive us in our relationship with God. And, and maybe it's our, our earthly relationship with our fathers can sometimes, you know, hurt that relationship that we have with God. And it can, can kind of warp how that is. But just like me and my brother crying out for our dad who came rushing over to look after me and, and fix me, our Heavenly Father is there ready with open arms this morning to just hold you, nurse you back to health, hug you and say, I love you. That's who he is this morning. He's not a God up there that's ready to smite you and Jesus is there saying, no, don't do it. He is a God that loves you and he sent his only son to be whipped to have a crown of thorns placed on his head. And it was not placed on his head, it was shoved on his head until the thorns dug into his skull. He was beaten and he was mocked and he died a criminal's death. And God gave him up for all of that for you and me. That's how good God is. That's how good God is. His love for me is not influenced by my behaviour this morning. Whether I've sinned or, or not during the week, he loves me. Whether I've read my Bible or not during the week, he loves me. Whether I've been a good dad or a horrible dad this week, he still loves me. He's not influenced by those things. He's just influenced by our heart because he just wants our heart this morning. You know, if we would just read Romans verse 8 again, 
uh, sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. So this morning you have the right, the same right, to call out to God and say, Dad, I need your help as much as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you're like, whoa, hang on, that's Jesus. He's up, Dan. No, you have every right to call God Dad as much as Jesus did in that moment. And you know why? Because it's in the very next verse. Verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, here it is, and co-heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ, which means that when we call on God, when we say, God, Dad, I need some help. I'm struggling with this. I can't get over that. My heart, it hurts. And he's right there. He's right there with open arms, exactly the same as what he was with Jesus. You know, I want to talk about something this morning, and and I I don't want to get into the politics of it, but there's been changes in the laws around sperm donation. Who can get a hold of it and, and what can happen with that? And I don't want to get into whether it's right, wrong, or anything like that. But the thing I do want to press on you is that we're going to have a whole new generation of kids walking through that door who don't know who their dad is, who have never had that father experience, who do not know who their father is other than he was a donation from a test tube. That's going to be their fatherly experience. And they are going to walk through those doors and they're going to need a father. They're going to need men in this house to be a father to them. Breaks my heart. We need to be the father to the next generation. Mothers as well. You know, get off scot-free, ladies. But the men in this house need to rise up and we need to be the fathers of the next generation whether they're our kids or not, because they're going to need it. They're going to need it. <laughs> you know, we uh, had a work event recently, and it was, uh, it was nine holes of golf on a Friday afternoon. And I've just started with this, this new company and kind of wanted to make an impression. So I'm there in my nice polo shirt. I've got my tailor-made golf bag. And they're all like, Dan, do you play golf? And I went, oh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Thinking, please let me have a good game. Please let me have a good game. Please let me have a good game. Anyway, it's about that time to tee off. And most of the people are gone. And away I go. And whack, didn't even make it past the ladies' tee. In front of the guys that I'm working with, I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, OK, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. That's just, it's a first hole too. First hole. Anyway, 
Next, next hit was like average at best. So I, I looked at like one of my Facebook statuses from a while ago and it was, I've only lost five balls in this game. I haven't improved since then. If anything, I've gotten worse. So first hole, I lost a ball. Second hole, I didn't make it past the ladies' tee again. I don't know what was happening. It was so bad. It was the worst game of my life. But I started to get really frustrated. And I started to let it get to me because I was starting to get a little bit embarrassed. I was there trying to make an impression. Here I am in my hat, my polo shirt, my shoes and stuff. And I cannot hit the ball to save my life. It was, like, it was really bad. But anyway... One of the guys who was there, his name's Ken, and I've worked with him before, but under different circumstances, and now we work together. And uh, he could see that I was starting to get really annoyed and frustrated. Anyway, I hit the ball, went into the bushes, and I managed to get my club and hit the tee into the ground so it was buried and no one would ever see it again. At that point, he came around me and he said, hey, it's okay, it's, it's just a game. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm just I'm really struggling today, it's my worst game ever. And he's like, hey, positive thinking, it's okay, positive thinking. And I was like, shut up, Ken, just leave me alone. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't say that to his face, he's one of the managing consultants. But in that moment, he kind of came around and he was being a bit of a dad. In that moment, he came around and he could see that I was struggling with something, and he came around to help me out, to bring me up, to encourage me, to help me out. Ken's not my dad, but he was being a father to me in that moment. And that's what we need to do. We need to encourage and lift up the next generation. We need to help them when we can see they're frustrated, give them the love that they need, support that they need, encouragement that they need. That's what being a dad is all about. doesn't mean necessarily you have your own kids. Anyone can be a father or a mother. Anyone. It was the worst game ever. (laughs) It was so bad. Um, I might get the band back up if that's all right. Get some Holy Spirit music going. Help me out. But in all seriousness this morning, like maybe you've had a bad relationship with your dad. Maybe you had a good relationship with your dad. Maybe he was physically or emotionally abusive. I want you to know this morning that your heavenly Abba Father is not like that. He's not like that at all. He's kind and he's loving. He's the ultimate, ultimate encourager. He's the one that's always there for you. He's the one that will always come around. He's the one that will always be there to lift you up. That's who your heavenly father is. And he's there for every single one of us this morning. It doesn't matter what your experience was with your earthly dad, whether it was good or bad. It shouldn't shape the relationship that you have with God. It shouldn't impact on that. It's a separate relationship between you and him and where his arms are open wide 
every minute of every day. And you know what? He's proud of you. I want to talk to the dads here this morning that if you feel like you've failed, if you have kids and maybe they're, they're not doing great or they've, they've gone off the rails a little bit, they're not where you, you'd hope that they would be, I want you to remember one thing. God's first two kids went off the rails too. Adam and Eve. They went off the rails. I want to let you know this morning that don't look back on the things that you've done. And I'm speaking to myself here for the future. But don't look back on the things that you've done. If they're going to go off the rails, it's the decisions that your kids have made. All you need to do as a dad is to love them. Same way that God continued to love Adam and Eve, even when they'd gone right off the rails. That love didn't change. So this morning, if that's you, just remember to just love your kids. Any decisions they've made are the decisions that they have made. It's not because you're a bad father. You're a great father. They've just made decisions that have been decisions that they have made, regardless of your fathering. I guess one thing I want to instill in my son, Isaac, is when the rubber hits the road and times get tough, that he wouldn't run from God, but he would run to God. That in the times when he knows he's messed up, in the times when he needs help, that he would run to his Abba Father. Sure, he can come to me as well, but I want him to go to God. And I need the men in the house here to encourage him in that. He's my son, but you're his father too. You can be his father too. You know, I I love Isaac. And it's been such a great experience being a dad for the first few months. I've loved it. Um, I have an amazing wife who has just taken the motherhood so amazingly. But I love him so much that I would move mountains for him. And if anything came against him to hurt him, I would meet it with so much violence. And that's just like in my heart. But he's never once said, I love you. He's never said my name. And that's almost like how we were with God. We'd never said that we love him. We didn't know him. But he still formed us in our mother's womb. And he still has loved us regardless of whether we've said we love him. He took that first step. He took that first step. He loves us with a love that is so uncomprehensible this morning. I know we, we can try, but we're never really going to truly understand how great his love for us is. 
I want to encourage you this morning about that relationship that we have with Him. It says, my sheep will know my voice. There was another time, Dad, my brother and I were, were out camping at a, at a place deep in the, in the bush in the Victorian high country and it was, uh, it was really hot and Jason and I were up early and trying to catch fish with our bare hands. I don't know why. We had a good imagination. But there's a, there's a creek that was going past the campsite and there was a little kind of small rock gully that was probably no deeper than a metre. And my brother and I were running across the creek bed and we'd jump over this little gully. And we're jumping around, having some fun, and Dad gets up. And all of a sudden, he yells out, Stop! And because we knew his voice, we knew that when he said stop, we needed to stop. Down in that little rock gully was a yellow-bellied black snake that we'd been jumping over and over and over. And we said, Dad, what do we do? And he talked us through it. He helped us back away from the snake and we were okay. But because of that relationship with him, we knew that when he said stop, we stopped. When he said stop, we stopped. And that's all about the relationship we need to have with God this morning. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. This morning, God is speaking. He's speaking to every single one of us. We just need to listen. We just need to listen. And you know what he's saying right now? He's saying, I love you. He's saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you no matter what you've done. I love you with a love that goes beyond understanding. I love you. You know, I just want to take a moment before we finish up and if you have had a bad experience with your earthly father and, and maybe that has had an impact on your relationship with God, I, I want us to just take a minute, if we all could just bow our heads and, and close our eyes this morning. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. No one's going to know, it's just you and me. Everyone else has their eyes closed. But I really believe that when you do something on the outside, something takes place on the inside. So if that's you this morning and you feel that there is something hindering your relationship with God and it may be because of that relationship that you have with your earthly father, I want you to just put up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. No one's going to know. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you are the ultimate father this morning. We thank you that your love for us is, is beyond our behaviours. And we thank you, God, that you sent Jesus to die for us this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing father and, and you're not like our earthly father, that you have no dependency for your love. We thank you, God, that your love is, is beyond our understanding beyond our behaviours, beyond anything like that. And God, I just pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here this morning that feels that their relationship with you is, is blocked or is not right, God, I pray, Lord, that it would just come back into alignment with the Word. John 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son for you, for you this morning.